Welcome back, friends, to Divinely Growing, where we stand on five principles. God, love, family, the church, freedom to worship. Today, we're going to talk about Revelation with Papa D. All right. So, uh, we're going to continue uh, with the Revelations. Uh, just to give a recap on why, why do I think we're in Revelations? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, here's some... Just uh, just some real brief stuff. I'm not going to go over like 50 reasons why I know we're in Revelations. Uh, I'm just going to look at chapter 1 here uh, with a broad stroke um, to make the Holy, the Holy Spirit just, just going to just going to take that. Just take the reins. Take the reins. That's right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, so before we start, I'd like to say prepare our hearts for what is to be revealed. Uh let our eyes see what you want them to see. Let our ears heed your word. Clear our minds so we can have your thoughts in our head. So we can walk in your path and do your will. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke and repent for my sins. So that this podcast comes to you the most holiest and righteous form. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So in chapter 1, uh, we see in, in verse 16, And he had his right hand, seven stars, and his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as, was as the sun shineth in its strength. So here we're talking about the period of his... If we look at this as a... In the physical, how this is manifesting from the spiritual to the physical. Mm-hmm. Our sun is currently... In a solar maximum position, it's going to reach around twenty twenty five. What does the solar maximum position mean? It means when the, the sun is really just going through a lot of changes, it's emitting a lot of X rays, corona um, particles towards the Earth, and it's what's really coincidental is not only that we are at the solar maximum, we're at the place where the Earth is actually at its weakest, as far as the magnetic field and morals. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can see the stuff that is happening around us, and we'll we'll talk about that later. But most importantly, um, for this particular talk, we want to focus on the letters to the seven churches. And I want to have these guys uh, give me some counter arguments to help with the the flow of the thought, and for the Holy Spirit to be able to make his argument uh, through me. Sounds like a plan. Let's get started. Okay. So the letters to the churches is is really about us repenting. And would you say they're like a warning? They are. There is it is a warning. It's God's final warning to all the churches. Because a church divided cannot stand. A house divided cannot stand. Mm-hmm. The body of Christ divided cannot stand. Right? Okay. So what we see, and we, if we look at uh, chapter 2, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, these things saith that he holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And I might have um, our square Will you be able to read verse 
2 in Revelations. Chapter 1, verse 2. Chapter 1, verse 2? Chapter 1, uh, sorry, chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 2. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them, which are evil, and thou haste tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars. Okay, so what is what is the meaning behind this? I'm going to try a different version. Okay, yeah, we can do another version. To write to the angel of to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write these are the words of him who hold the seven stars in his right hand, and walk amongst the seven golden lamps stands. Know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men that have that ha- you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. So what does that mean? So what do you get what do you guys think that means right there? Um just off the top of your head. Okay. So off the top of my head I just think that um at first it seems like a very confusing verse but uh, I think it correlates to seeing wicked in the ways of mankind. I think it means that good works alone do not get you into heaven. Ah, okay. So now we're going to start battling this because this, uh, this just church here is known for the one that walked away. That walked away from his first love. And he talks about this. What is the church's name? Uh, the Church of Ephesians. If he's, um, and a first love is the love of God. That's right. So how did they walk away, right? Even though in the church that they found they were liars. This is the main theme through these letters of the seven churches. Five churches. You want to find out that five churches fallen away from the word. And two churches stay true to the word. Um, so as we read these, it's talking about cleaning out and reflection of yourself and your fellowship. And if you find that yourself is not in proper standing with doing what God's will is, then there's going to have to be some type of changes that occur within you and within your church fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yep, what type of changes? Right. So they found the liars, but they didn't, Nothing says in there that they've replaced the liars, okay, with people that were godly. They have replaced maybe the liars with people that seem godly, but are there to do it just for their own sake, to build up their own pride. So selfish people. Selfish people, all right. Or self-serving. Now, how do we know between which one is what and which one isn't? Yeah. Because now we're getting to the... The question of what what does what does this mean, and what does this mean is it's about repenting 
when he goes down to the Nicolotians and, and talking about he hated the Nicolotians, which were Satan-serving individuals. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the call out here, we see in uh, verse 4, chapter 2. Uh, Arsene, can you read this one, please? Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lamp stand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And at the, at the end of this, he gives the consequences of, of uh, not repenting. Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we see the consequences are, can you uh, take it, get the other shot there, JJ? Remember, therefore, from, from Candlestick. Solutions. He. Yeah, he that has. Good. He who has an ear. Yep. Let him hear who, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So it doesn't necessarily say the consequence, but the opposite of that is that you would not eat from the tree of life. Yeah. Um. So, I guess some of the questions were about the removal, mm-hmm. right? And how do you guys asked me like um, I said we need to remove them, and your question was, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. What does it exactly mean to remove somebody from the church? It either remove them from the church or from their position, mm-hmm. um, and that has to be done by the fellowship. Right. Through the proper channels. That's right. Voting and discussion and yes. Yes. So it's the reflection among our the leaders of the church. And are we de- doing what the will of God really is or have we strayed away? So as we've looked individual first to purify ourselves through repentance and rebuking the evil ways that we've done, we now go to helping others cleanse because we have to take as Jesus said in a parable one time take the plank out of your own eye before you help your, your friend you know what I'm saying it was only a little tiny splinter right mm-hmm. get out of your own way mm-hmm. right so how do we decipher who needs to be removed and who doesn't that one is an excellent question and that is going to become from the Holy Spirit and, and Christ and we'll see how these things are get exposed and uh, we'll talk about that later in the, in the seven seals um, okay, because uh, some people believe that when the letters of the churches were are over, the church is raptured. But what God is pointing out in these letters to, to these churches, and we'll see time and time again, is that He's telling them, "Look inside, because your church is divided." And with with that chapter one, how do we recognize them? You ask. Let's go to. Uh, 
some some quick scriptures of the had it there of knowing the positive people. So teach okay, and that would be Galatians six two. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So are people there helping you carry your burdens? Yeah. Are you doing the same for somebody else? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sage and uh, I made a, did a, a podcast not too long ago, I think it was uh, a couple days ago, about blessings and ownership and stewardship. Mm-hmm. Right. What are, how do we handle or how are we stewarding our blessings? Um, then the, the other one, here we go to John 13, verse 34. John chapter 13, verse 34. Mm-hmm. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must know that you are my, so you must love one another. Right. And one of the last ones that, that you'll see on how, you know, if you have a true brother, sister in Christ, is it just is Ephesians 5.21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What does reverence mean? Reverence is a deep respect, a, a, to the point where you want to model the way that person act, acted and lived in life. Uh, and that's the reverence that God wants. The warning he gives to those who feel to, to want to follow him, to want to seek him, to want to know him better, right? Is He gives this one in Psalm 1-6. The way of the ungodly shall perish. The transgressions that violate the law, for they don't love one another, shall be destroyed. Together, the end of the wicked shall be cut off. So you're going to start to see these cleansings within our churches. And people are going to start to come together with the doctrine of, of God. Mm-hmm. So this is the, the turnaround spot of, hey, this is, this is it. The time of my grace is reaching an end because the world has gone out loco. So what I heard you say is that those who don't deserve to be there will be cleansed out and those remaining in the body of Christ and in the church will come together in unification and carry one another's burdens and love one another. Yes, it's all about walking together. So at least just want to say uh, thanks to to God and uh, for this revelation and give us the strength to carry it on. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again to learn about the Second Church. Welcome back to Divinely Growing, where we stand on five principles. God, love, family, the church, and freedom to worship. We're bringing you tonight an episode all about conquering. When we look at Revelation 
2, it talks about the churches. There are seven churches, and the first church is called Ephesus. And this is a church of folks that are doing a lot of great work, but their works have started to serve mankind rather than serve God. And he notices that, and he tells them to turn back, come back to your first love, which is himself. Come back to the love of God. And what is the work and the love of God but to capture or conquer the hearts and souls of men, to share the good news of Jesus Christ and the Bible and God's salvation for each and every one of us. If you look at Romans eight twenty seven, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So in that there, God knows our hearts, he knows our minds, and he knows that the work that you do with your hands, with your, with your head, with your fingers, with your feet, are good works, but should not come first. And since if we look, flip to Colossians 3, 24, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And finally, we flip to Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So as we looked at this first church, we saw a comparison drawn to the first seal. And the first seal talks all about a white horse with a rider who has a bow, who comes to conquer. And what we, this is Papa D, just uh, jumping in here. So in that first seal, we do we see a rider that comes to conquering and is it, as it says, sorry, right here. Now, um, and I saw and behold a white horse. So the white horse represents something that we have authority over. How do we know this? Because he that sat on him had a bow. First, you're sitting on the horse, which means that you have the reins of the horse. And that horse can be pulled by the reins. And in that horse's mouth is what's called a bit. And we can steer that that horse. So the rider on the horse is is us. It's the body of Christ. A lot of people want to say that it's the Antichrist. But the, the Lord is not going to give an Antichrist a crown. And it often talks in Scripture that the faithful will receive the crown of life using the authority of that we have in the, in, through our belief and our faith in Jesus Christ. And the bow. The bow is also a representative of war, but it doesn't have arrows. So we're not taking something and something and destroying physical. Our battle is not against flesh and blood but against the, the evil thoughts and the wickedness of this world. And that will be defeated, not by physical arrows, but by the word of the Lord.
and having the bow shows that we have the authority to conquer. We have the authority to move mountains because we are one with the Lord doing what His will is. For it says that we are here to serve the Lord. And that is in... James one twenty six, If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. And That's not the one that you meant for no, that, that was, serving the Lord? It is. So if we, we but there's another one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is if you if we don't speak the word of the Lord, we're not serving the Lord. So we will not be on that horse. We will be the horse. In Colossians uh, 3, verse 24, it says, It is the Lord Christ that we actually serve. And by doing that, the body of Christ, the saints, have the authority to go conquer the thoughts, the principalities, the laws of man, not the laws of God, but the laws of man, and change them and steer this world, the morals of this world, back to the way God intended them. And a bit of good news in Isaiah 49, verses 8 and 9. This is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances, to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. They will feed beside the roads and find pasture on every barren hill. And that is a nice connection between church one and the first seal. Absolutely. We'll leave you with this last verse, Matthew 3, verse 2. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. We thank you for joining us today for this session on the church. Bless each of you.